I had a little conversation with a pastor before I came out uh, for Mass this morning, and he suggested that perhaps my vestment was indicative of my um, team affiliation. I assure you, it is not. I have not crossed over to the Packers' side. Well, I think uh, our cold weather today um, certainly signals that we are, uh, there's a change in our, our seasons outdoors. And certainly we know today that there's a change in our liturgical season as well. Last Sunday, we celebrated uh, the last feast of our Christmas season, the baptism of the Lord. And if you recall, Father Hoffman gave a beautiful uh, reflection on the Father's bestowal of belovedness on his Son, and by extension to all of us. Well, today we get invited to a wedding, uh, the wedding at Cana. And you just heard that uh, gospel passage preached. This is um, Jesus' first public miracle and the beginning, the official beginning of his public ministry at this wedding at Cana. And we see something that is so characteristic of our God, something of the superabundance of God. So Jesus takes these six stone jars filled with water. Now the gospel tells us that each one of those stone jars held 20 to 30 gallons of water. So you can do the math along with me here. Um, that yielded somewhere between 120 to 180 gallons of wine. But it wasn't just any wine. This was choice wine, the finest wine, the best wine. And again, it reminds us of the superabundance of our God, who takes something as ordinary as water and turns it into choice wine. And as we think about the symbolism of this, and certainly there are plenty of uh, references to the Eucharist that we can think about in this story. But we see Jesus revealing his divinity at this time, who he really was as God. And if we think of that water as Jesus' humanity, and we think of that choice wine as his divinity, we see how Jesus revealed himself in this act of changing that water into the choicest wine. Jesus reveals his divinity so his disciples will begin to see who he is as God. Jesus comes to this wedding as an invited guest, Jesus, Mary and Joseph's son. And he leaves that wedding the hero of that banquet because he saved this couple from the embarrassment uh, that would have, would have come from not having enough wine to serve their guests. Well, the wedding is a perfect place for Jesus to begin his public ministry. There are all kinds of references in our Catholic faith uh, to Jesus being the bridegroom and the church being his bride. And we hear that beautiful line in our first reading today from Isaiah about the bridegroom marrying uh, his bride and Jesus marrying his bride, the church. Married love mirrors Christ's love for us. Married love is a self-emptying kind of a love. 
we begin to think more and more about that other person and less and less about ourselves. And those of us who've been married for some time hopefully have gotten better at this along the way, right? Uh, we get better at thinking of our spouse first and our needs second. Well, this idea of self-emptying is something that we can see in Jesus, and we see it profoundly in two very distinct ways. We see it in the incarnation, as Jesus empties himself, takes on human flesh, and becomes our Savior. And we certainly see it in the ultimate act of self-emptying love as Jesus dies on the cross for us. I want to focus a little bit this morning on this idea of Jesus' divinity. St. Augustine said this, God was made man so that man might be made God. I'll repeat that. God was made man so that man might be made God. Now, we want to be clear that none of us are going to become God. That's not what uh, St. Augustine meant. But what he meant is that throughout our earthly life, through all the ways in which we encounter the Lord, in prayer, certainly at the Mass, we draw closer and closer and closer to Jesus. And hopefully in that process, just like a fine wine takes some time to age and mature, we are aging and maturing as well in our faith life until we look more and more and more like the one who created us. Jesus reveals his divinity at the wedding at Cana. What Jesus had by nature as the divine Son of God, we partake in through grace. And certainly one of the ways that we partake in that is here at the Mass, probably the most profound way. You know, when we come into this space from wherever we, we have come from today, all bundled up in coats, um, we enter into a different reality. We enter into a different time and space. We enter into this reality of God's unconditional love for us. We hear the Lord speak to us in the gospel and in his word proclaimed today. And we listen to those words and we recognize that that is the Savior's voice speaking to us, the Father's voice speaking to us. We enter into an encounter with Jesus at every Eucharist. The Eucharist, the banquet table of the Lord, is where that bread and wine will be transformed into the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we have to believe that. And as we receive that, we recognize that we are changed in every encounter with the Eucharist. We are never the same. Jesus touches us deeply and changes our hearts. There is what we call a secret prayer that is part of the Mass that I think speaks so beautifully to this idea of Jesus' divinity and how we participate in that. And it's a prayer that we call a secret prayer because it's not spoken out loud for the congregation to hear. When I am present and assisting at Mass as the deacon, it's my privilege to pray it. When Father is without a deacon, he would pray this prayer himself. And it's a prayer that we pray as we prepare the chalice. We pour the wine into the chalice and a little bit of water. And as we do that, the prayer goes like this. By the mystery of this water and wine, 
May we come to share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity. What a beautiful prayer as we think about the divinity of Christ as the wine and the water, our humanity, and how we come to share in that divinity. Well, my brothers and sisters, welcome to ordinary time. I would say today in our gospel, there's nothing ordinary about this ordinary time. In fact, it is quite an extraordinary time. We hear these beautiful words of our Savior as he changes the water into wine. At every Mass, we are invited to enter in to Christ's divinity as we receive him in the Word and in the Eucharist. I would ask you this morning to think about who needs to hear this gospel today. It's a bitterly cold day. There are people who are probably bundled up at home and maybe feeling kind of crabby because the weather isn't going so well today. Who needs to hear a message like this today? Perhaps it's just a phone call to somebody that you know is home and by themselves today. Perhaps it's a smile to a person that you encounter in a busy line at the, at the checkout or at the mall. How can we share this beautiful message of our faith with others today? God loves us so much that he wants all of us to be saints with him in heaven. Amen? Amen. And so, like that water that becomes choice wine, Jesus continues to work with us and guide us and nurture us on our journey of faith. And every, every Mass, we get that little glimpse, that little taste, foretaste of heaven, his divinity. God was made man so that man might be made like God.